Narrative. Vision. Film. Cinematography. Storytelling. Music. Digital media. Scarlet Media. You're listening to 50mm, a Scarlet Media lens. Join us as we discuss our perspectives on digital media, filmmaking, and storytelling that inspires us. In this episode, we discuss content by famous filmmakers of color as part of our efforts to help amplify melanated voices in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. We explore how the artistic and narrative choices of these films help to promote awareness about race-based discrimination in the United States. Hello, welcome everybody. Welcome to 50mm, a Scarlet Media Lens. So thank you guys for catching our last episode on what it's like to be filmmaking in quarantine. So we wanted to touch upon this week uh, a set of narrative films, three actually, that are made by filmmakers of color. This is in our hopes to amplify melanated voices um, in this week's podcast. And so I'll let our guests introduce themselves as well as uh, the movies they are going to talk to us about this week. My name is Madhu, um, and I watched Selma by the director Eva DuVernay, which uh, is a historical drama film that in, in like a narrative way, it covers the historical events of Martin Luther King Jr. leading the civil rights movement, specifically in terms of the protests from Selma, Alabama to Montgomery, Alabama, and like the various obstacles that they face along the way between like his conversations with the president at the time, uh, Lyndon B. Johnson, and uh, a lot of the pressure and backlash that they faced from the white community and from the uh, people in power. Uh, hey guys, what's up? Uh, my name is Toyin. I watched the movie uh, Black Klansman. Uh, it was directed by Spike Lee. It's a loosely based true story about a black cop, I believe in Colorado, so I think maybe like Denver, who basically infiltrates the KKK by posing as a white man over the phone, but then having one of his other cop friends, who uh, happens to be Jewish, to actually be the person to go about and actually do the activities on his behalf. So basically they both, the two of them together basically pose as if they're an act, they actually want to be a part of the clan to infiltrate and then figure out what they're doing as the KKK. My name's George and I watched Get Out by Jordan Peele. It deals with an African-American man going to meet uh, the family of his girlfriend who happens to be Caucasian and the movie follows uh, the young protagonist as he finds out that maybe not everything is as it seems. So cool. As you guys can see, we got a, uh, a few great movies here to discuss. Um, but before we do, I just want to ask you guys personally, you know, how you guys been holding up this, this past week? Any, uh, any exciting news or uh, things you did? Um, I would say that since I've been home, since we've all been home, I've been spending a lot of time cooking and baking and like trying lots of new recipes. I think I really have come into my own during this quarantine as like a as like a cook and a baker, which is really cool. I don't think I ever realized that I can classify myself as such, um, but it is something that I really enjoy doing. And since we have a lot of time at home now, I've been um, perfecting my apple crumble recipe, which when, once all of this is over, I'll make some for you guys and you can try some. Let me know what you think. <laughs> Nice. We'll hold you to that. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to travel during a pandemic. So that's something I'm trying to do. What have you found so far? That the EU is going to close borders to like for like U.S. citizens. 
I mean, it makes sense. I understand why they would do that, but also, yeah, it sucks if you're trying to travel. Um, I've been doing pretty well, too. Definitely a lot of reading and writing, which I'm happy for. I actually went first time this summer. I went to the beach, which was pretty interesting uh, just because everything going on and stuff. But it was a fun time, though. We went with my friends, so it was a pretty good time. But, yeah, it's quarantine vibes. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of been doing the same, guys, for the most part, just, uh, you know, finding new ways to not be bored, um, which is, you know, should never be a problem. There's always so much content and things to learn about or read up or catch on. I can cook or something. I can learn to bake, you know, pick up some new type of hobby painting. I'll send you, know. you some of my uh, recipes. <laughs> you can <laughs> exactly, try them. <laughs> yeah. so, so there's always something to try. There should be no excuse for boredom, I guess. I feel that. Makes sense. That makes sense. All right, so kind of following along here, I guess we'll we'll just dive right in. Kind of for one of my first questions, uh, I wanted to ask you guys, based on the films you guys have seen, all dealing with obviously very serious topics, uh, some in very serious manners, other in very comedic manners. But in that sense, what are any filmmaking techniques like shot movements or the way a scene played out or was set to play out that really stood out to you? Not only in a in a film sense, but also like, wow, that did a great job of conveying a certain human emotion or, or a sense of empathy for this situation. Um, I think in Black Klansman, there was one scene I thought was very interesting. There was a scene where John David Washington, who plays the main character, um, he goes to a bar with one of the female characters and they start dancing. And it was just very interesting because, I mean, the film was kind of serious because, I mean, it deals with, you know, KKK, white supremacy, John Davis character being the only black uh, cop in an all-white precinct, right? But when they go and dance, I mean, every, all the black people are in that, in that bar having fun. It's great. The lighting is really red, which I think really gave, like, a very, like, warm feel, if that makes sense. And they used a lot of, just in the film in general, they used a lot of music from that time because the film is taken, I think, back in, like, the 60s, 70s, I believe, around, like, Vietnam War time. So... I just think that was very interesting because, like, the film definitely deals on a lot of serious topics, but it still found a way to, I guess, like, humanize the fact that, you know, even though black people go through those issues, like, they're still human and they still have fun and they still find ways to, you know, elevate above the issues that go about with them, which I thought was pretty cool. Awesome. Anyone else? Uh, in the movie Get Out, well, this is done, like, in like modern movies all the time now since they figured out that this is like a great way to like showcase a certain scene but they do the thing where they put the camera right like really close to the person's face in order to kind of show the claustrophobia and like that really tight camera angle that that just gets up in like uh the actor's face and to uh kind of show that the scene is very uh suspenseful that's like one thing i've noticed that jordan peele did a lot in the movie nice madu anything from selma you know, I don't know why I'm having so much trouble finding an answer to this question. Because I feel like the whole movie is just like, not to sound corny, but I feel like the whole movie in itself is like a masterpiece of using film techniques to convey that sense of empathy towards the people fighting for it. So it's hard to think of just one particular film technique because I feel like all of them contributed to that. But I guess if we're trying to kind of put a lens to it and focus in. So the movie like focuses on the march from... Selma to Montgomery, Alabama, right? So they, they march multiple times. And the first time they're faced with a lot of violence. And there's like this very sad scene of like, once they realize that they're about to be attacked, 
they start to disperse and they run back because they're trying to avoid being beat up by the police. It, the whole scene is in like slow motion with actually the soundtrack there is very interesting too. It's, it's a song called Walk With Me Lord, which is interesting because, you know, there's a lot of mention of God throughout the movie as well and how Martin Luther King Jr. and other leaders of the movement really relied on their religion to kind of power them through their fight, their struggle. Um, so it's interesting that that was the song that was playing while they were resisting being attacked. And it, it's actually really sad because you see that not everyone makes it, not everyone makes it back safely, and a lot of them end up being really badly battered. And you see the aftermath of how they try to pick up the pieces of their dignity and, and their hope and their strength after being retaliated against for simply pro protesting peacefully. And I think that throughout the film, um, Ava DuVernay does a really good job of showcasing the unfairness of this treatment. And I guess to kind of boil it all down is just like, the film places all of this in like a very, in a, in a dramatized way to showcase real life events, because this is a film about things that really happened. So. Yeah. I kind of want to move on to a sense, I don't know if this applies too much for George's movie Get Out, but I think it does apply for Black Klansman and Selma, in the sense that uh, I found it really interesting. The other day I saw this Twitter post uh, that basically was colorizing a bunch of famous black and white photos um, from the 60s and yeah, the civil I've rights seen era those movement. Types of things. Yeah, yeah and, and in that sense, they were saying there, there's something about, uh, you know, seeing a, a photo in black and white that may warp our perception of, of how long ago something might have actually occurred. Yeah, so going along with that, would you guys say that these new takes on history or dramatizations of a time period in history um, kind of help, you know, the newer generation get a better understanding of the time period or, or also just kind of maybe remind uh, an older generation that these events weren't so long ago? And in a, in a sense, the conversations uh, started in, in that time period are still kind of trying to be had today. I think that Selma actually does a really good job of this. So Selma is considered a historical drama, but I think that, you know, Ava DuVernay also is the director of the documentary 13th, which also discusses like very similar themes. And I think that she's really good at putting things in context for people and making them realize that it's these issues are not as far away as they may seem. I think dramatization generally is really good because by making these historical events into like a narrative form that people can watch today, it's like people are able to reconnect with these figures and become close to them through watching them um, throughout the course of the film and you, you become attached to them and you begin to empathize with them a lot more and you realize then that wait these aren't just actors these aren't just characters like these are real people who really existed and so I think that this type of um, dramatic film histor historical drama is really really effective in like bringing to light that this isn't just like it has the power of a narrative film but it's even more powerful because these are based it's based on real events and i think that like the end of the film really drives that point home when they are doing their third like and most successful march from selma to to montgomery they they have this like one scene of like a, the the largest crowd you see throughout the whole film the largest crowd of them just like marching across this bridge and that's a scene that was filmed as part of the narrative part of the film, but exactly then they actually switched to archival footage of the actual march in Selma. And you see that, you see like real people in black and white, but real people um, marching across 
the the bridge and like marching to the capital and you see all these people smiling and supporting each other and and um celebrating like their successful march which i think was such a great time to include archival footage because it again really drives it home that this isn't just a narrative this isn't just fiction this is based in real events and real people the film ends with martin luther king delivering his speech um at the capitol building of uh, Alabama in Montgomery and throughout the speech the, the there's like all these different shots focusing in on different characters that we've met throughout the film with like a like with their name and a description of what happened to that real person which so to answer your question Chris I think it does an awesome job of delivering that historical importance and making it feel closer to people today awesome twin yeah I definitely feel like Black Klansman also does that too I didn't even realize until I watched it again that the film is actually based on a true story. Like, that actually really happened where, like, a black cop actually, like, infiltrated the KKK, so. But I think what really brings it home and, like, kind of just shows you, like, this isn't just, like, something that happened back then and then it's, like, it's not the same now is the very end of that film. Well, when the film came out was when Trump had that very famous speech where Trump talked about, you know, there's very fine people on both sides and uh, what that thing happened in Charlottesville. And they used that clip in clips in Charlottesville at the very end of that movie, which I thought was really, like, they really brought everything full circle because the film is about, you know, white supremacy and KKK, and it seems very old-timey, I guess, the film, because it's done in, with grain and everybody's wearing, you know, old-timey clothing, but then you see that ending, and, like, it kind of brings a full circle to where you realize, like, you know, that kind of hasn't died, you know? Like, you see clips of these um, guys holding tiki torches, you see people with Confederate flags and you know, people with all that stuff. And it's just like, you realize that this isn't just like a textbook, you know, movie or whatever about something back then, but you know, it's still relevant now. And it's something that we still need to, it's something that we're still fighting for even today, which I thought was really interesting. Cause I, when I first saw that, I thought it was a little, I think it was corny, but I thought like, oh, this is just too much. You're going too far in. But like looking at it again, it's like, wow. Like, like, no, this is like legit. This is like something that's still happening today, even in 2020. So it just kind of shows you like, even if something happens in the past, like it still has relevance and can still be applicable to stuff happening today. So, I think it's interesting that, um, the, like that Black Klansman ends with like a glimpse into the future, right? Or so, so Selma ends with a glimpse into the past with archival footage, but Black Klansman ends with a glimpse into the future from the events covered throughout the rest of the film. It talks yeah. about you know what's happening today, and so like the fact that both of those films ended with a different piece of time than the majority of the film, I think is mm. interesting. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's some interesting points you guys bring up. You know, some of those people might not be with us, but you know, some of them are. And you know, again, those events aren't so long ago. Like I remember, I believe there's a photo of like Bernie Sanders being arrested in one of the marches. Also, it's funny, Toyn, that you were talking about how you found the, the ending to Black Klansman a little corny when you first watched it, because I'll be honest, I kind of did too. I was like, wow, that was like a really funny movie, Spike. But then, like, once that that ending came up, I was like, all right, I mean, I, you know, I think you, you got your message across with the movie. I didn't think that he necessarily had to hammer people home with the idea of, like, this happens today. But kind of discussing it now, I'm also having kind of a change about the ending, too, like Toyin. Yeah. I have a question, like, because I haven't seen the film, but um, the way that you're discussing, like, the end, 
the ending it feels like very out of place like there's like the whole film which like fits really nicely together and then there's just like this like thing tacked on the end is that how it felt to you or do you think that when i first like, it watched it sense? yeah it was more so like this uh yeah. almost like a quentin tarantino-esque comedic film that like played with history and its timeline so to speak like for the most part followed a true story but you know allowed its liberties with it but then at the end very end you get just yeah like this tacked on montage of like you know twitter videos and and you know how the people uh, felt about the Charlottesville occurrences. I, I think it's also worth discussing like the last scene that came before that video at the end of the Black Klansman. It's, uh, oh, yeah. it's a scene. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the main character and his wife sitting on the table, like kind of talking about everything that just happened to them and like the the journey they've been through the whole movie. And then like as soon as it, it's kind of looking brighter, uh, and like the film is trying to close out on like a good note, mm. then this like harsh reality of the harsh reality of the American hatred for African-Americans like comes up again where it's this burning cross on their lawn. And it's very ominous. It's, and it's done in a, the the filming in that scene is off-putting. It was like where it would do like a slow zoom in from like the main character's face. And then it will turn to see like this giant cross on his lawn. And it was a, I think it was a very powerful scene. And I think that's a great way to lead into that final video. I see. No, that makes I agree more with sense that. then. I think that's when the audience like close to the end was like, oh, well, you know, like he got the, best of them but then literally two minutes after that scene it's literally a cross burning on his front lawn i think it like snaps them back to like this harsh reality that like even though we won the small victory uh it's not really quite over yet yeah and in a sense that can be an effective message in its own sense though we may have these moments in our lives that definitely may feel like victories it can still be rather troubling in a in a grander sense that you know, it's just a small part of a of a much larger hill, so to speak. All right. So in that sense, kind of going with this idea of, you know, tackling history and trying to bring it back in a, in a modern sense. There's also the practice of trying to handle these topics in other ways, like Black Klansmen did in a semi-comedic way. Or as I mentioned before, like a Dave Chappelle skit in a much more comedic way. And in that sense, I think we should move on to the movie Get Out which kind of blends not only a sense of comedy, but horror, interestingly enough, which uh, for me was the first. And I remember when I watched the commercial to Get Out, I almost thought it was like, a, you know, like a, a parody video that you just see on Twitter. I was like, uh, is someone really about to make a movie about uh, how like all the, like this white town's attacking this one black man? But then when I found out it was actually a real movie coming out, I was like, hmm. And, you know, going and seeing it, it was obviously a great movie. And George, if you want to speak on anything of, of why you thought the blend of comedy and horror might have uh, been so effective in that movie, and it's the topics it tried to touch on. Um, comedy and horror. Uh, I feel like the comedy kind of stemmed from like a lot of societal views on African Americans in the U.S. system. And that's why I, I'd like to get someone else's perspective from like outside the U.S. I would I would love to get their uh, idea and see if like the movie hits them just as hard as like it would hit any American who obviously like knows about these issues. But um, mm, that's interesting. so those societal issues are where a lot of the tension, the comedy, and um, overall just like the whole movie experience. Like just so for example, like in the first scene when Daniel Kaluuya's character is uh, driving to meet his girlfriend's parents, who are in the movie she's white and her parents are white. So, like, there's already, like, this lot of kind of, like, suspense, but it's like, what if they don't like African-Americans? There's always that fear, right? Mm -hmm. So once they get to the girlfriend's house, they actually, he meets the parents, and then it, like, completely blows him away because, like, oh, 
they're not like these terrible people. They're actually really friendly. They're very welcoming to him. But underneath that welcoming like exterior, you kind of get the sense to you get these tiny like moments of I don't want to say it's kind it's, it's a weird type of racism. It's kind of almost like the parents are pitying him because he's black. There were these times where he's like, he says these very little, like, kind of nuanced kind of hints where he's like, oh, I would have voted for Obama for a third time. Or, like, <laughs> or like using, like, uh, African-American slang, some of the conversations. And in it, these types of moments where the, the audience is like, well, maybe they're not all that cool. Maybe there is something more to them. And I think that adds to the whole suspense aspect of Get Out. For me, it kind of also builds on the on the comedic side of it in the sense of like these overcompensating uh, parents that are trying to like uh, bridge this cultural gap. You know, it's just so cringy, so to speak, to to us. Oh, so so they're like in our generation. Yeah, that's what you okay. Yeah, like sense. the father's like, uh, "What's up, homie?" or something like that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they also happen to have like uh, workers who are African American, and they acknowledge that too. And it's it's I guess like it's the fact that they acknowledge all this. Uh, that I don't want to say makes it uncomfortable, but it definitely puts you like on the edge of your seat. Like, it's like a, it's almost like a little Twilight episode or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it absolutely is a Twilight episode. You know it's off, but you don't know exactly why it's off. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah, I like that. Anyone else that saw Get Out have any interesting thoughts? It's funny. I remember when I went to go see it uh, for the first time. Like there was a lot of laughing in the film. Because it's, it's not even, like, typical, like, comedy in the sense of, like, people saying jokes. It's more like something will happen that's, like, off-putting, but, like, you laugh about it because it's off-putting. Or, like, it's off-kilter, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, there's no, like, typical, like, people are saying jokes. But I find that very interesting because I feel like that kind of just helps play into just the film itself. Because the film isn't a typical, like, jump-scare film where, like, people jump, things are jumping out at you. It's more so, like, the things that people are doing that is, like, scary. Right, and I think that kind of helps when you add that to the fact that the film has like parts that are funny. It kind of like I think it makes you more engaged and it forces you to have to really pay attention to like the small details that you see. Because it's definitely a film that you have to see twice to really understand. Like, oh, I understand now why that was there or why this person said that, you know. And I just think that kind of helps put it, helps put the film together and make it really more cohesive. I feel like. I'd like to talk about the ending, actually, because that, that one is also pretty good. So, at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, it's the main character, like, literally trying to escape. And he, and he gets to escape uh, with his girlfriend, who's obviously, like, part of the bad guy's antagonist, like, the white cult, is trying to stop him. And, like, she's she's hunting him down. And at the very end, like, he, uh, the main character gets the upper hand in the situation, and he's able to, like, shoot her. And as soon as that happens a cop car pulls up. And I think that is one of the most tense moments in the film, like the whole film. Mm, It's like where this man goes through everything. And at this moment, you and everyone knows exactly what's going to happen. The cop is going to get out. He's going to see an African-American standing over a woman who's been shot without the context. And he's going to get shot. Everyone knew this. And that's why when the person steps out of the car, it's his best friend. And everyone takes a sigh of relief. And I think that moment is really powerful. And it has a lot to say about the way American society uh, functions. You're like, wow, for, for once, for once it goes right in, in a way. And then, yeah, that is kind of <laughs> sad. But but it is in a way what, what kind of movies are about and give a, giving us that sense of catharsis 
and, and hope for that for that better feeling you know and in that sense it's like it's interesting that that can be the stuff that can make us laugh but it's also interesting that it may be the things that you know we are just accepting like for face value that you know that's just how things are that's just how people are the the cringy things we laugh at are those subtle displays of racism or like the you know those things that barely slide by that you can't really uh, you know full make a full-on accusation about but you know that are those fine lines it's interesting that you point out that in get out like those motion those moments of humor are actually moments of racial tension and it's interesting you know it, it probably marks a sign of a very good filmmaker that they he can present that in a way that appears comedic on the surface but if you dig deeper you find that it has roots in something that's much more insidious than that yeah so you know that's why we got to be vigilant gang and uh you know always stand up for what's right Alrighty, so i want to thank everyone listening for joining us on this fourth episode of 50 millimeter a scarlet media lens Join us for our next episode when we discuss films that have changed our perspectives on filmmaking. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Bye. Well, thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us on 50mm, a Scarlet Media Lens. Scarlet Media is a student media team operating from Rutgers Division of Continuing Studies Media Services. To learn more about Scarlet Media, check out the Media Services website at tvstudio.rutgers.edu. We hope you'll join us next time.